Hello, this is Peter Davison, and you're listening to Discussing Who. Corridors twist and stretch, rooms vanish and pop up somewhere else. The rooms have things in them. You don't know what's going to be in your room until you see it. Then you realise it could never have been anything else. This could be the most exciting thing I have ever seen. There's a room here for everyone, Doctor. Even you. We'll be here soon. We're gonna catch ourselves a monster. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start this week by welcoming back Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well, trying to stay as warm as possible. But other than that, yeah, I'm doing, doing pretty pretty well, pretty good, man. What about yourself? I am Frosty the Kyle Man, I guess, because I am so ready for some sunshine that is accompanied by at least 40 to 50 degree weather, and I'll be happy. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just in my igloo, sitting at home and ready to get outside. But someone who I don't know if he's in an igloo or if he's sitting at home, but I think he's sitting at home. That is none other than Lee Shackelford. How are you, good sir? Very well indeed. Here in uh, Western North Carolina, in the Piedmont, it's uh, it's pretty comfortable. It's uh, I, I can't complain. We haven't had any snow or anything. <laughs> I, I certainly see that. It looks like the rest of the country is locked in snow and ice. It snowed in Hawaii. Did it really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Did wow. not know that. That's crazy. That is completely crazy. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting, you know, and I'm curious to know anyone listening how you deal with the snow. I know this is not Doctor Who related, but I'm curious to know for anyone listening, <laughs> you know, send us some feedback and let us know how you deal right. with the snow. Because it's what's so interesting about the South is we get just a little bit of snow and ice and everything grinds to a halt. Run for the hills, yeah. the madness. Yes. <laughs> yep. We're just not prepared. No. But you know what we are prepared for? I'm going to skip news. I'm going to skip any feedback because you guys have made me interested to know what you guys think of this episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you have not seen The God Complex, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because... From this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The God Complex. This is the 11th episode of the 2011 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 17th of September, 2011. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, and Arthur Darville as Rory Williams. And Lee, I have to start with you solely because of some of the comments that you've already given. So I just want to know, what did you think of this episode? I have not watched this since it aired originally because my recollection was that I hated it. <laughs> I just watched it again. 
my feelings haven't changed much. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can I can go back to living my life without the God complex. Cal asked the question, you know, what people might be doing during the, this, you know, snow weather that we're getting in the South. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully getting the blanket, getting on the couch and watching something good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this episode is not it. <laughs> um, and again, I asked the question, are we really sure Sleep No More is the worst episode of Doctor Who? It's the second time in the last few episodes I had to ask that question, but I'm going to keep, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up. Until we get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Yep. Keep trucking on. Keep trucking on because you may well, you know, make me eat crow again. Who knows? (laughs) So for me, I got to agree with you guys. There is a brief moment, a brief respite or respite, whatever you want to call it, whatever the appropriate word here. Uh, There's just this brief moment at the end that I enjoy. Agreed. The rest of it, I borderline between confused to bleh, to let me, no, I'm not going to fast. Yeah, let me fast. No, let me not. I'm not going to fast. Yeah, no, no, I need to watch it. And that's not good. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, all of our misgivings, that doesn't mean it doesn't have a few redeeming qualities, which most of it have nothing to do with the main arc of the episode, I believe. Uh, but there's a few characters in this this episode that I absolutely love. And, and Rita and also love Lucy for the short time that we get her. Yeah. Um, and for, for me to really like those characters and still really hate this episode, uh, lets you know how bad it actually is. <laughs> and this is Toby Whitehouse too, who, uh, the, the screenwriter who is someone whose work we have admired in the past in other episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he wrote School Reunion, The Vampires of Venice. Which, you know, is one of those that we went into saying, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Hey, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> when I saw this last, I was not familiar w- with um, Little Britain or Fly Low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Either Matt yeah. Lucas, David yeah. Williams yeah. show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Fly, come fly with me. Come fly with me, thank you. And I've just, you know, become a huge fan of uh, David Wyatt's. Uh, he did a uh, um, uh, an Agatha Christie that uh, uh, my wife and I watched and thoroughly enjoyed. He just he's just a ter- terrific dramatic actor as well as his uh, broad comedy that he does. Yeah, here he is as I guess a ferret. Yeah, <laughs> Gibbous. Yeah, uh, is his name. But um, yeah, and I I just think he's terrific. Uh, I appreciate it more now that I know that actor better. I remembered that when Matt Lucas became a, a semi-regular on the show, that I was hearing people say, well, uh, you know, David Williams has been on Doctor Who too. And I said, he has? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has. Here he is. I don't know if I said this earlier, but this is also one of the ones that I've not watched since it aired. Mm. And I remember not really caring for it when it aired originally. And I want to ask you a question, Lee. You are the storyteller. You're you're the one who knows story structure much better than Clarence and I do. And you you do this in many ways for a living. So I have a specific question I want to ask you. And this question is describe to me in your interpretation what is the overall concept and or theme that you see this story is trying to convey. It, do you mean, it, does it seem like there's a a, a concept, a, a, a moral or a message, or at least something that the story is trying to explore? Sure. If you 
want to take it that way, sure. And, and, and I'll tell you more, but, but keep going where you're going. I was interested seeing this again to kind of to get to the end because um, a I wanted it to be over, but b uh, I I also did not remember whether people were just being tormented with things that they were afraid of, or if there was more to it than that. And there is this whole challenging notion of something that feeds on people's faith, and it's an interesting way of getting to a discussion about that. And this truly heartbreaking moment where the only way the doctor can save Amy is to take away her faith in him, to, to betray her, really. And that's an interesting situation to put him in, to put them in. So that's a very intriguing concept to explore for about two minutes of the episode. And, and if everything else is just to get us there for that, uh, gee whiz, yeah. because otherwise it is just... We've been making jokes this evening about it being Scooby-Doo, and and it is. It's about people running from room to room and saying, oh, it's right behind us. Literally yeah. from room to room. Yeah, sometimes literally. And and I just it's – got, it's got cheapness written all over it. And, I you know, I understand that and I can appreciate that. But I don't know. I, so, so, Clarence, I want to I wanna know what you think because I want to – give my reason in a moment for asking that question but i'm curious on your thoughts yeah i mean i i I do love on the face of it what they're trying to get at with the god complex itself uh, with the through line of this story and also the inference of it's really the doctor you know with the god complex so i love how that's kind of paralleled but to to lee's point um 40 minutes to get there it and i thought i for a minute i thought they were trying to mimic the shining or something like that a little bit but but yeah ultimately just um an effort to 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 get that message across i think it just fell very flat so here's the reason i asked the question as i'm watching this and this doesn't usually happen whenever i'm watching doctor who but i didn't get a good feeling of what the bad thing was, whatever the bad thing may be. I didn't know what the purpose was, and I didn't leave the episode feeling like there was a resolution because I felt like there was so much that was thrown at me as a viewer throughout the story that I didn't grasp hold of one of those as far as the story goes, now there is something at the end that I absolutely did, but it had absolutely nothing to do with the story. That could have happened so, in any episode. Absolutely. So my thought is what this feels like to me is one of two things. The writer has a bunch of ideas and is on a time frame and is you've got to submit this draft and it's got to be done by this day. And I don't care, you know, ha- oh, well. You know, you're only halfway through. Get it to us. Get it to us soon. Get it done. Or you submitted your draft, and when it got picked over, it became something unrecognizable from what it was originally submitted. I think one of those two things happened. I may be totally wrong, but that's how it felt to me. Well, I mean, I I do think that the idea maybe on paper was better than it was on screen because – the whole episode, we are, at least the first part, we're told that it's fear that this monster is preying on. 
But then, like, you know, when it's almost over, the doctor says, it's, it's through your faith. And, we, you know, we go down that path. And they they definitely seeded that from the very beginning of the episode with Lucy Hayward. And, you know, she was saying praise him before she bit the dust as well. So they definitely seeded it. But I just think the whole overall idea wasn't solid. It just didn't make for a good episode. But on paper, it, it might have sounded great, you know. <laughs> Good point. So, Clarence, let me point this question to you first, since you just brought that up. The concept of praise him. I'm not going to say anything else. Just the concept of praise him. <laughs> Thoughts. Um, well, I mean, again, if you look at what the title of the episode is, the, you know, the guy complex, you would definitely think they would play on that. In, in some aspect, but I could see this episode also probably ticking some people off a little bit because of that. Um, and definitely once you get into the, what I feel is probably the underlying lying message, especially when the doctor has to talk, uh, Amy Williams <laughs> down from her faith in him because it's causing the monster to be drawn to her. Um, that the doc, you know, that the doctor is really the one with the God complex. I think once you get into that, it makes a lot of sense. But, but yeah, I could see people being really kind of turned off by it. Um, you know, when people are saying praise him and they're, they bite the dust. <laughs> you know? Is this the end? You know, um, I don't know. It just felt very weird. Okay. Lee, thoughts, praise him. Well, I was trying to, to make sense of it this time and, and really trying to give it a chance, you know, <laughs> and, and it occurred to me that what, until we're told differently, what the episode seems to be about is people being forced into confrontation with their greatest fears and the bliss they find that kills them is in embracing it. And it made me think about the, the human need to have an, to have an enemy or to, to say, here is what's wrong with everything. You know, it is this. And then you can put all of your energy into that, you know, and we, and we see this in the, the ever deepening political division in, in our country, for example, I just think, you know, if only those people, them, you know, if they would stop this, that, or the other thing. Um, and, and I, and I think that's, I think that's really destructive. And I, I and I wondered if that's sort of where what the episode was trying to say about human behavior was that y you can embrace that and it may even make you feel good in a way, but it's going to kill you. Hmm. So that, that's, that's, that is, as you were saying before, I could be completely wrong about that being what to, the, this writer is up to, but that's, that was the sense I was making of it while watching this time. So let me ask you guys this. Is it, is it the men, does the Minotaur figure Take away or add to this God complex. Yeah. Claire, Clarence said it for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Inconsequential. Although <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. See, here's the reason I ask that. I, I know I keep saying here's the yeah. reason I ask it, but here's <laughs> the reason I ask it. I, As I was watching it, I was trying to make it better in my head. And this would have cost more money, of course, but I think it would have made the praise him connotation. Even you could have still had the rooms to some degree, but if you would have had one of the people that the other people were drawn to that were literally praising him and 
he was killing them or she was killing them. It doesn't have to be a he. You know, this other person that is so charismatic, so whatever, is relieving them. And again, may maybe more controversial than what they showed. That being said, you could still have had the moment to where the doctor's confronting this person, this being, and they basically just, he's, they describe him, same scene, and you, you get that twist of the God complex, the doctor has one too. You know, you could have still had that paradigm shift or whatever you want to call it. The, 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 the bad minotaur just was weird to me. Yeah. And if he's preying on their faith, they wouldn't be praising him at the very end. Wouldn't they be praising whoever they have faith in? So I'm not sure if I understand that either. No, that, that was one of the concepts in this that, that I had difficulty with too is, yeah, where does that shift happen? But, but then they say that, you know, they twist it and say, no, he's really feeding off of their belief in something. So. I guess is the praise him than whatever God that they believe in it, that they're actually really praising. Yeah, that's and in which I think that would have been much more inter- interesting to see these different people of different backgrounds, you know, chanting whatever they chant in their religion, you know, uh, rather than just the generic praise him from everybody because it, it kind of muddles the message just a little bit more. Like, who are they actually having faith in? Um, I don't know. Yeah, and. And and it's not uniform that that kind of language because uh, like the uh, the the guy with the who had gotten over the speech impediment um, he his faith was in conspiracy theories yeah so there isn't really huh. a hymn to praise there yeah but, that's true and, and that's Amy true. doesn't talk about the doctor that way that's I mean yeah I guess you could kind of say that her saying well maybe it's more Rory saying this than her in this episode but Rory wasn't even worried at all <laughs> uh to me that just says that he had faith that the doctor would get him through the situation like he had every other situation i think amy does say that uh at some point in the episode as well so i don't know so let's talk uh, you know let's let's switch let's talk about something that we did like cuz i think it could be universally agreed upon and i think we will agree upon the fact that I think we all liked Rita, and I would have loved to have seen her as a companion. It's one of the the. It's like the only thing that I remembered really vividly from when this episode aired was how many people that I was talking to at the time said, "Why, <laughs> why did they have to kill off Rita?" I mean, if this is an episode where we're going to uh, park Amy and Rory somewhere, then by all means, let's have the Doctor carry on with with Rita. Because yeah, it just it just uniformly loved. Yeah, Rita was awesome. Of course, you see the doctor even flirting with the notion of bringing her on a TARDIS. And of course, she's very sharp and smart. And um, she was just fun in his episode. You know, I know I'm going to speak blasphemy here, but I liked her better than Yaz. You know, I there was just and the reason I'm saying and comparing her to Yaz is Yaz was the first Muslim character of Muslim descent that has been a member of the TARDIS. Am I correct here? Uh, yeah. Okay. So this would have actually predated Yes, so that's why I'm comparing the two. But as far as the chemistry between her and the Doctor, I 
as the audience member, I was just immediately just like, oh, I'd love, I would love to have you as a <laughs> companion. I loved your inquisitiveness. I actually saw a lot of Bill's character, some of the aspects <laughs> that Bill later That's had, true. some of the questioning things. So let's talk about those meddling kids a little bit, the Scooby-Doo factor. And, Lee, I want to point this one to you. Why did this feel so Scooby-Scooby-Doo? Where are you? A lot of it is because of the running around in the corridors and they can't get out of the building. And, uh, you know, our, our only our only hope is to figure out what's going on here since we can't do anything else. Um, and, and uh, you know, I'm aware that uh, Doctor Who has more than enough of its share of uh, running around inside the, <laughs> the corridors. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not usually up and down the uh, spiral staircase uh, quite so much. It's, uh, I don't know. And and there's a scary thing in this room. Don't open that door. There's a scary thing in that room. Well, we know there's a scary thing in all of the rooms. So, well, don't open that door. It just, yeah. I, I, but yet go hide in those rooms with the creepy right. clown. And and the, the PE teacher that looks like he's in his boxer shorts. Weeping and, angels. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And the weaving angels that don't do anything. Don't talk to the clown. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's the, I think that the reason why I don't like this episode, and I, I was just a few minutes ago looking at somebody on INDB who cites this as their favorite episode. Wow. <laughs> well, and they're saying, you know, the truth is I like horror a lot better than I like science fiction. And this is a really, you know, good, you know, terse, taut bit of a TV horror. And, you know, so I'm glad they enjoyed it, but. It, it bugs me as a piece of horror because uh, we know that this is a um, a hellscape. Um, it's why Rita has theorized that they are, in fact, in hell, because there are things that are in everybody's rooms that are just there to torment them. So for me, that's just like that. If that's the point and we know that and that's established very early in the episode, then I know that now and that doesn't interest me and I don't know what we're going to do next. You know, it's just, okay, we're supposed to be scared of that. All right. Well, let me ask you this uh, while you're on the point, Lee. Were those things in those rooms part of the simulation, or was it things that the Minotaur monster was creating from his mind? I I, I really couldn't tell by the end, but were me they part either. of the— No, I don't understand the relationship between the, the Minotaur and the, the whole simulation. Holiday. I don't— <laughs> And for that matter, how would the Minotaur simulation know what's in these people's mind? Was it somehow telepathic field or something that they didn't explain? I guess. Which I guess would make sense if he feeds off of their um, um, faith. Yeah. But but again, that just makes the faith aspect not make sense to me because if if and I guess you're wanting your and I'm trying to think this out in my head right now, even as I'm asking this question. But if your faith is what is the ultimate feed, is the beast feast, so to speak, then why are we seeing things that we fear? Is it because we want what will save us, that faith in something to save us? Yeah, I think that's the intent. I, I just don't get I, it. I think that's the intent with it, though. Yeah. Because the, the more we in, in peril or afraid of a situation— and it seems hopeless the more we are going to lean on our faith. Okay. And that, that I can deal. deal. I can deal with Th that. That's as close to making sense of that as, as I'm, as I'm able to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me ask you guys this, the concept of the doors and what's behind the door. And 
I think door number 11, you know, tongue-in-cheek for the 11th doctor, I'm going to say that it's a fluid door, that it changes and it's open to interpretation. So what is your interpretation as to what was behind the door? I have no idea. You talking about what the doctor would fear? Is it? Yeah. What, what, what did the doctor see? And the doctor specifically said something to the effect, of course it's you, or of course it oh, would be you, or something I like that. I must have missed that part of the episode. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a blink and you'll miss it moment, but, uh, yeah. but important. Yes. I, in the context of the episode, I thought it might be Amy dying. Ah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like that. I mean, right. not that I like Amy dying, but yeah, I like that. All right. So I originally had, do you have a, th- well, let me ask you, Clarence, do you, any thoughts from you? No. Nah. What you think it might be? None at all. I, I don't, what does the doctor fear? I don't know. <laughs> he, the, the, the room had his name written on a piece of paper in the middle of it. That's, that was his fear that you know his name. I don't know. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like <laughs> that one too. Now, that's actually very good. All right. So I have read. So I had another opinion, but I have read that it was supposed to have been the crack in the wall, that that was what he feared, um, that that's what he saw. My thought was he saw the war doctor. Huh. That would be, you know, he, he hid that from even from himself, et cetera, and so forth. The war doctor. If I were wanting to be meta and wanting to make a joke, which obviously that's what I'm about to do, I would say it was Chris Chipnell. <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, before we get to the ending, I want to talk specifically about the ending when he takes Rory and Amy home. But that being said, any other points that you guys have before we get to the ending? I really do not. Yeah. They conveniently you lose the TARDIS with the reconfigurable walls or whatever. I thought that was interesting. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> there wasn't that much more. So, but we are keeping it positive because we're going to keep this ending because I did like the ending and I always, you know, we are known to be the positive guys. So we're going to end it on a positive note. All good things. Uh, we have no complex about. Say what? Say now? all good things. All good things. And it literally must come to an end. And that's kind of what happened here. We see Rory and Amy leave as full-time companions. And as a viewer, so let's not assume for a moment that we don't know that they continue to be companions for the rest of the series and into Series 7. What did you guys think of this as an ending for these two characters per se in this episode and clarence i'll start with you i mean while amy was distraught by you know not being able to travel with the doctor i feel like she still was content with it and as far as like happy endings go for new who other than martha this would be one of the few and yeah but you have to know that that wouldn't be the last even even seeing this live you would think uh it's a little too pretty bowl in the end happy ending for them so I, I I still would have expected them to come back. Cool. Lee, what about you? What did you think of this? I have to agree with all of that. And, and the writing is very precise here that uh, we're hoping that Amy will say, well, that's just, is, is this it? And she says exactly that. And uh, the doctor says, well, what, what would you prefer that I, we stay together until I'm, you know, bending my head over your coffin or the, those are not his words, but because that's the alternative. We either have to part sometime 
of our own free will or or not of our own. And that's those are the options with me. And you know, uh, he's he's had this conversation with with other companions too. You know, <laughs> you what what is it the the ten says to Rose that uh, you can spend your whole life with me, but I can't spend my whole life with you. Right. Exactly. And and Amy, you know, she takes it. She she understands. It's another masterful acting moment for Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. I it's they play it like this is the end and she doesn't want it to be the end, but she's a big girl and she's going to try to smile. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I find I find it very touching, and it's it's absolutely I think the best thing in the episode. Uh, and but as we said, it could have been at the end of any episode. But, but but you know the only thing that I think that this episode gave us was that moment before this, and I think it predated this just a few minutes, where he refers to her as Amy Williams. You know, she had grown up. Now here's a house, and here's a car, and bye. <laughs> Yeah, you get a car. You get a car. You get a house uh, with a blue door, nonetheless. Intergalactic Oprah. Yes. <laughs> Oprah in space. I would watch the hell out of that show. I would too. That would be good. But that being said, I think it would be appropriate at this point to get to our favorite quote. And Lee, I'll start with you this time. Favorite. Quote. Well, you know, I, I love it when the doctor is uh, just uh, jabbering on. It's what I love about about 10 and 11 and 13. <laughs> just talk, 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 talk. And uh, one of these that I just think is great is, uh, let's see. I wrote it down here, but where is it? Ah, ah, I lose my notes. You lost your notes? my notes. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, you lost your Oh, yes, yes, here it is. Um, well, it's, it's a variation of one of my favorite lines from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where, uh, uh, Arthur says to Ford at one point, uh, so we're not home and dry. And Ford says, I don't think we could even say we are home and vigorously toweling off. I love that. So this is a variation of that. Okay. The doctor says, okay, this is bad. At the moment, I don't know how bad, but certainly we're three buses, a long walk, and eight quid in a taxi from good. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got to remember that. That's that's a line that can be used on many occasions. Cool. Clarence Brown, favorite quote. My favorite quote would be from Gibbous when he makes the statement. It's times like these, I think of my old school motto, resistance is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. You know, as an honorable mention, you know, we should mention that this is a race who slyly enters themselves into submission to advance and maintain. I just that is an interesting concept. Yep. There there are nations that have uh, that have embraced it uh, in, in real history on the real earth for, uh, for a long yes. time. I've just said, you know, we could either fight and have them stomp us flat or we can maintain some sense of ourselves while we're being occupied. Yeah. Let's go, let's do that. Yep. All right. So my favorite quote, and it actually just became a little bit more of my favorite quote because I was sitting here looking at it and then a light bulb <laughs> came on. So here is my favorite quote. Amy says to the doctor, even so, it can't happen like this. After everything we've been through, doctor, everything, you can't dr- just drop me off at my house and say goodbye like we shared a cab. The doctor then says, and what's the alternative? Me standing over your grave, over your broken body, over Rory's body. 
So think about that, what he just said again. I'm not going to spoilers, but think about it again. Me standing over your grave. That's all I will say. So, um, yeah. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene is when I think it was Amy, but actually, no, I can't remember who said it. But I think it's Amy asking a doctor. Um, so what do the Time Lords pray to? And favorite scene because it just made me think like, what actually do they pray to? <laughs> is there any higher being that they're, they believe in? Do they pray at all? You know, do they have any faith system on Gallifrey? Yeah, I really wanted to hear his answer to that question. And he, he just evades it and, uh, speculation. All right, Lee. I, it, since I, I tried to figure out what the line was and, and you had the quote right there, uh, it's, uh, it's clear we love that, that last con- conversation with Amy and that's, definitely my favorite scene in this episode it's it's a difficult conversation but it's uh i like that it, it feels like it's going to be okay it's going to be okay cool i like being okay yeah lee i'm going to start with you this time oh. final rating since you said i got to quote mm-hmm. you here i hate this episode yep so final rating I love that little scene at the end. So uh, I have to give it one of something out of five. So I'm going to give it one sad clown with a balloon. Awesome. <laughs> Clarence Brown. What say you? Oh, I feel better because I thought I was going to be extremely harsh. <laughs> I give it one dwall out of five. <laughs> right. Dwall. Door. Wall. Get it. Dwall. I'm actually going to give it. I'm thinking, and I'm going to leave the silence in for a second, because I'm actually thinking here. I'm not going to cut the silence out. I had written two, but, okay, I'm going to give it a 1.75 foreshadows of things to come in a quote out of five, because I like that Quote, and I like that last scene. Otherwise, I would give it a point twenty-five out of five because I have no desire to go back and watch that again. And here I was, thought you were going to say Alien Minotaur. Yeah, um, just so it's totally off base. With that. I would give it point twenty-five Alien Minotaurs because that <laughs> that to me took me out of the episode. I just and that's no bull. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to go back talking about it again, but I just, I, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't. Uh, <laughs> ah. Okay, so we're going to end it with a positive yes. note. And, the, and and tell me if you guys agree with this. The positive note is it is a ending to a character journey. We do get to see a definitive moment in Amy and Rory's timeline with the doctor. We see a happy moment with them and we see Amy as a person become an adult and kind of shed off that fascination that Mm -hmm. she had for the doctor as being this other being, because us as humans, we do have to, at some point and using our parents as an example, stop seeing them as the parent figure and still have reverence for them, but see them as human beings. So this is a a good analogy. It is. And, and, you know, we didn't talk about the appearance of Caitlin Blackwood in this at all. And uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Poor Caitlin gets to be in this episode, but she doesn't get to say a word. She's just there. But, but it is important that she's there. I love that she was, you know, 
she was available and that we could do this moment of coming into this room. And there's both there, there's Amy and Amelia and that the doctor can say, yeah. her, you know, it's, it's, it's time. We have to, we have to let this go. That was yeah. a great moment. Yeah. And, and, and also I mentioned, um, uh, Lucy Hayward, which I wish you would have saw more of her in the episode because we have this redhead in a police uniform going about these halls. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this on the nose there. And, and I will say on a positive note, this is the best Doctor Who holodeck episode I've ever seen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. And see, we, we did find good things about this. So that's well, good. We, we've ended it on a, High note, and I'm sure you noticed that when the when the simulation ended, it ended in that uh, Tesselecta effect again. So, yeah. oh, interesting. So, are they related somehow? I I I didn't uh, know until uh, seeing somebody else note this on uh, social media. But uh, the Minotaur has like brands. He's he's got a. Did you notice this? He's got uh, scars that are like letters or numbers or something, and that somebody had said that's the same alphabet that we see in the Satan Pit. Huh. Interesting. There's a master plan yeah. for all these episodes. And it all, that means it's a plan by the master. I don't. I, who knows? <laughs> who? Well, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to say something nice and a parting way for everyone. So, Lee Shackelford, hmm. what have you been watching, reading, or anything you would like to promote before we close? Well, I'll remind people again that uh, the the Global Podfest is coming up at the end of February and beginning of March. And I'm going to be one of the many, many case study speakers. And that uh, my, fr- and, uh, that my friends uh, Shannon Perry and Sarah Golding and uh, many others uh, that we know and love are going to be presenters there. Oh, Sarah Warner, of course. Um, so that's a cool thing. And check it out at podfestexpo.com. Awesome. Awesome. So, Clarence Brown, what about you? I mean, actually, I don't have too much of anything, uh, except I'm probably going to take what you're going to say. It's just <laughs> stay locked in the one division on Disney Plus. It's awesome. If you need something to watch, that's definitely worth diving into. Great, great show. Well, I'm glad you took that because that gives me the opportunity to say that since you've already mentioned one division, I will just go back to a name that Lee mentioned just a moment ago. And we only have one more episode in this season before we get to the ultimate finale of series six, because there's only one, but it's still ultimate. And why is it ultimate? Because if everything works correctly, Shannon Perry will be back as we attend the wedding of River Song. That's right. Indeed. So with that being said, for everyone listening, let us know what you thought of this episode. Were we unkind? Were we kind? Did we find all the right things to say? Or did you like this episode? Let us know. We would love to hear from you. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.